Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Good evening, everyone, and welcome along to Online Darts, the Live Lounge. Here we are for another Live Lounge. It's Wednesday, the 25th. Fitting them in as and when we can because of the absolutely packed schedule on course. I'm Phil Bars, joined by always by Jonathan and Jack Gobigal. Gentlemen, good evening. Have we just about recovered from the weekend yet? No. <laughs> I've had a day off work today and I'm still just... Nah. <laughs> just nah. It, it's been a mad, it's been a mad few days. Let's put it that way, uh, Phil. Uh, it's, I, 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 do you know, what? actually, I had a nap earlier on today, and that was a very, very crucial thing to do to try and survive, try to get through the show this evening because it has just been one of those mad weeks where everything has just felt like a blur. You, you, do you know what? During those first two days, Phil, of the Grand Slam, where we were having thirty-two, you know, thirty-two uh, games uh, over those. Uh, over those two days, they were just mental, those group stages. Jesus wept. Yes, it was just absolutely bonkers, but we wouldn't change it for the world, gentlemen. Some absolute fantastic arrows, just absolutely brilliant darts from the Winter Series, straight in to a slam, and we've got the players around the corner, and of course the big news, the World Championships is on, and we will talk about that as well. So much to fit in. So tonight's show, guys, it's just unbelievable action and darting drama. Certainly is. Uh, and we, we obviously, we, we're so appreciative of everybody that comes back to us. Obviously, we've had record number of listenership over the week on the uh, Grand Slam Daily. Um, so we really do appreciate you guys coming back to us throughout the entire week. Um, so listen to three Muppets talk darts uh, for uh, for a good hour or so every time. Uh, it, it's great to see so many people as welcome back to us for the live lounge. Appreciate it. it's not a Monday like we normally would do, but we thought we have to get one in before the Players' Championship finals and before the last big tournament before, as you say, the World Championships. Yeah, look, it's just in the dress rehearsal is coming up, obviously. 
didn't go according to plan for, for some players at the at, at the Grand Slam. So they've got sort of like one opportunity left to, to get it right, so to speak. But yeah, just absolutely unbelievable. Before we get into the meat of the show, everyone, we're just sharing the links on social media. So make sure you're sharing them for us wherever you are. We're just letting you know that we are live as always. Before we go into we're going to the chat room. Good evening, everyone. Hi, Daniel. Hi, Kieran. Charlie, as always. Hey, Danny. Hello, mate. Hope you're well. Lewis, good. Joe Williams is here. Cheers, mate. Thank you very much. Hope you are all good and dandy. Any questions, throw them in there. And, of course, we will come to them. If we don't get to them straight away, we'll shoehorn them in in the relevant points of the show, as as always. Um, so, guys, I suppose there's only one place to start, really. And we're not going to recap the whole slam because we did it on the on the dailies and, and everything like that. And if we did that, we would be here till about two a.m. No doubt. But to be fair, to be fair, we were here till well, to be fair, we were here till two a.m. most days. To be fair, we were there till two a.m. most days recording. It felt like because well, <laughs> of all the, the, the drama that, that we had. <laughs> um, right. So we'll we'll recap the semi-finals. So we'll go from there before we get into the darting drama of the final. Of course, semi-final. I about to say, I'll just Go say on, really mate. quickly, actually, I will stress this now, the quarterfinals, I don't know what anybody else thinks of this, obviously, in the chat room, but the quarterfinals in particular, I thought was possibly the best day of darts I've seen in particular since, I'm going to say, day four of the match play last year, when we were there doing, uh, we had three games go to extra legs, we had one game where Merv obviously beat Gary, and then obviously in those three games that went to extra legs, Glenn Durham played Marco Van Gogh in, in a classic and does a one. So, you know, Smith came through an extra leg against Hop. It was Wade against Sudovich was a sudden death leg. And we had 121 out of 124 legs played on Sunday. That is mental. Do, do you want to know why? Noble was back. Yeah, well, hashtag Noble, we know this. <laughs> He had he, he, he had the Euros off and it was all good. The Euro tour, aren't they? Yeah, we are gonna have to call him the Noble. <laughs> oh dear. Um, but we are gonna go straight in to semi final number one. We can if I can sort my graphics out. It's been a while since we've done this. Right, I knew we'd get there in the end, everyone. Just a few, Lewis few problems. Did, it's been a while. Lewis was deliberately <laughs> Lewis was deliberately doing that to you, I think, in my opinion. I think Lewis was deliberately doing that. <laughs> so, semi-final number one, Jose de Souza against Simon Whitlock. And boy, it didn't disappoint. Simon Whitlock out the blocks like an absolute greyhound. However, the Duracell battery soon ran out at the first bend as the special one reeled him in and soon went past him, gentlemen. Yeah, I think you've, you've hit the nail on the head straight away from this game. Whitlock got out to a flying start and I, I was quite fearful for, for Jose at that point. He didn't look like he'd, he'd settled at all. Um, and after the form that, that Whitlock had carried from the night before and his 180 hit, and if, if he got ahead, you, you just fancied him to stay there. Um, but the special one just decided to be a bit special as he does and, and reeled it back in again. Yeah, 100%. Um yeah, I just think that, that Simon Whitlock had given everything the night before and there was just nothing left to give. 
if I'm being honest, that's not taking any way think away from Jose because he was brilliant. Um, but the, the wizard just went to the tank and there was nothing there, unfortunately. Um, but that starts and that starts the at the top level. The curse of MVG strikes again. Well, yeah, this has been quite a talking point on, on social media because it always used to be the curse of Taylor, that you beat Taylor and you don't win the tournament. And that's what's happening at the moment here as well. You beat MVG and you've got nothing left in in the next games to, to go and do it again and again and again. Well, the thing is with Whitlock, he's obviously hit 21 80s in the previous game and he started off like an utter... Let's say Whitlock hit 2180s in the game previously against MVG, and then obviously on the off the back of that, you've got the uh, you've got the fact that he's I think he started the the semi final with six 180s, something like that. I think there were six maximums in the first five legs. And you're thinking, Christ, there's going to be some scoring here. But I think the middle part of the game where the Sousa managed to turn it round, you know, he managed to get four straight legs when he was six four down, second eight six lead, which was brilliant. And then that. The, the two checkouts of 99 and then the one two one straight off the back of that to move 14 11 in front in front there I thought was where the game was pretty much won but full credit once again to Simon Whitlock because once again he's pushing himself back into that conversation for the top 16 he is currently uh, eight and a half grand outside the top 16 and if he has another great d- weekend at the players he could be back in the top 16 for the worlds mental yeah, look, if he gets over round one, we'll come on to that. Then I think he's got every chance of having a, a good weekend. But we'll come on to semi-final number two. And, of course, it was that man. It was James Wade doing what James Wade does, coming back from oblivion to beat Dimitri Vandenberg. And, look, I don't know, he just does it time and time again. He looks beaten, but he finds a way to... Hit, not just win games, but just do the right things at, at the right time, as Michael Van Gogh would say. He'll pluck an 82 or a 121 just just when he really needs it. And we'll let you go with this one, Gob, because he's your boy in the semi final. <laughs> he is, but I, I'm going to be completely honest. Like, there were times in this match where even me, who is firmly in James Wade camp 99% of the time, was fearful. It, it just looked like Dimitri had done enough. That opening session had, had been enough to to get ahead and just stay there. It, it didn't look like there was anything magic waiting to happen. James had missed a couple of chances that you'd, you'd normally expect him to, to have a crack at if you were going to build the momentum up. I think he missed a double 12 for a 101 um, as the game went on. And at 14 all, I thought, yes, got him. And then he opened up with abysmal scoring and I was like do you know what you you went through all that work you stayed with him through the entire matchup only to go and slip then and, and how Dimmy didn't put him away I don't know but quite glad he didn't well I'll say yeah, on this no, point, I, right, I, is the fact that I'll just say really quickly the fact that I thought Gob and if we can come off the back of this as well that I thought that the first five legs I genuinely thought that was the match it was such a poor start on the doubles from Wadey because I think he went 4-0 down at one stage. He managed to get a 4-1 lead, I think it was actually, in all in all seriousness, towards the end of the uh, session, uh, the Dimmy. And I thought that was it because there was 12 straight holds of throw. And you're thinking, oh, okay, Dimmy's just going to uh, not necessarily cruise it. And he's 13, he's 14-9 up potentially if he, misses, if he doesn't miss that dart. So he's 13-9 up, has a chance to go 14-9 up. And then Wadey just fought back. Dimmy going for the ball as well when he did necessarily have to just to be a show pony I'll be brutally honest at that point he didn't need to go for it set it up 
get it out of the way. You're 15-13. You've got a chance at winning the game. You don't take it. And then you miss the ball as well for the match. If you miss your chances against James Wade, he's going to punish you. And under that pressure, to produce a leg that he did, to produce and leaving, seven, I think it was 86, was it 76 after nine? I think of what it, I can't remember exactly what it was. Yeah, he left 76 after nine and then found double four for the 12th data. That takes some stones. 100%. Look, he just does what he does. But there is a flaw in his game, and we'll come on to that in a minute because it was evident in the final. Um, but we did have a final, and this little beauty was up for grabs, the Eric Bristow Trophy, and there was going to be a new name on it. Beforehand, we all thought James was was going to get the job done. Uh, Excuse uh, me, no, I'm no. having you. You, you only said Jose to go against yeah. us because you didn't want to go all three. Let's be honest. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. I said I said my heart <laughs> in my head and my heart ruled it again. And I said James <laughs> and I said Jose de Sousa will beat James Wade 16-13. I almost got the score right as well, by the way. <laughs> um but I'm not, yeah, having this. So, not having this. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> Getting no, no context turned in there, wherever we can. Um, no, it. look. Yes. In, in, in all honesty, the flaw in James Wayne's game was there in the final. He just doesn't score heavy enough when big scorers go to town. Like, when you look at the 140s, they just, they just weren't there, everyone talks about 180s. 180s are necessary, aren't a big thing. If you can hit a cluster of 140s, that's where your, your big scores and your 11 and 12 darters come from. But if someone's having an off day, James Wade will beat them. But the scoring power just isn't there to compete with the very best when they're on. Am I being a little harsh there or not? No, I think you're bang on with him. It is an issue, and he's made a career out of being there to punish when those mistakes happen. You look at record averages, record performances, and James, despite in the game, never appears on that sort of list. He just does not score heavy enough. He doesn't hit the 180s. He doesn't get that extra dart per leg that just keeps him in touch distance or just keeps him far enough away that means he's not under pressure. You always felt like in that final, he was a dart behind men, uh, dart behind Jose de Souza. And he just was powerless to it because Jose's 180 hit him was so relentless. It just kept him at arm's distance throughout when he needed it. Well, you look at the, well, you look well, at the stats here, right? Um, you know me, I'm a big, a big fan of the stats. Big fan of the stats. James Wade hit 41 ton pluses in that game. And he hit 20, yeah, hit 20 exactly 140s. The difference was the 180 hitting. He only hit two. Jose hit 15. That tells you where it is. That tells you just how important it is. You know, because 140s were hit by Jose. 17 of them were hit by Jose. He then, you know, then he got 15 180s. There's no because he's not that big a scorer as you say, Phil. Then there's that point of the fact that you do feel like you're a dart behind. But I'll be honest with you, Jose to me in that final just he grew into the game. And then as soon as he had that, they had a poor start when he went the double breakdown. 
and he got that first leg on the board, and you just felt at that moment in time, this is going to be the moment. This is going to be the moment where Jose decides to kick on now. And he did. And he played superb darts. In particular, I think it was when it was uh, it was it was eight seven after the f- third session. He then goes and gets a four one lead in the mini session. Goes and takes a twelve eight lead after twenty legs. To do that, when you hit the breaker throw first up, and as well, Wadey's hit a one six one at that stage. That's brilliant. But then, but but then, and I feel I, I don't want to steal your thunder, but I'll let you go and talk about the checkout to win the title because that was unreal. Absolute stones. He doesn't need to do the big exhibition shots, but as as he said, he knew before it left his hand it was going in, and that's quite a thing to say from a professional sportsman. That he said, I think is I'm paraphrasing here, but it was like I almost cried before I threw the dart because I knew it was going in. That's a hell of a place to be, him, and you know your game is that good that you know that it's going to go, and it was literally plum in the middle of double 19 it's a horror double as well and there was no fear and i think what helped him it's also his first final there's no scarring once you lose finals there is mental scarring there but he hasn't got any fresh as a daisy there was no fear and it was like yes i am winning this title and just, just the smile on his face said it all to me. And that's what makes it all worthwhile in any sport, not just darts. Completely agree. Summed it up perfectly, mate. It, it was just a, a great <laughs> moment for him, a great moment for the sport with a new winner. Um, someone that I did back to get to the final, so I'm going to cling on to that, even though it was uh, James that he beat in the final. Um, but yeah, it, it was a great tournament, a great run. And I'll tell you what, it teased things up for the rest of this year very, very nicely. To, to, to be fair, the only flaw in his game, and it will cost him at some point, is the calculator. Right. No. He, mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. Everyone's, everyone's saying don't change or whatever. And look, yes, it's entertaining him going all these ways, but at some point in a big game, it will cost him. It might not be this week, it might not be next week, but at some point, it will happen. What I love the fact as well is the fact that he checked out 126. Well, he checked out 136 when he wanted the 126 in the semi-final. He then goes the wrong way on it again. He goes 760. And then he goes, he goes seven, six, uh, single 16 to make sure he gets a shot at the ball. Don't go that way, for Christ's sake. Don't do that. <laughs> I'll tell you, there's a great what? comment we, we keep on, saying about the, his on the chat. Control. Phil Taylor couldn't go. On, go. Phil Taylor couldn't. No, but he knew what ways to go. Yeah, he Phil, Phil used to leave bogey numbers, but he knew which way to go on checkouts. Yeah. yeah. Where Jose leaves bogey numbers and doesn't know what way to go. <laughs> There's a little bit of a flaw in the armour there. <laughs> At least. That's a step to be following him, though, is it? <laughs> what comparison um, that is? You're going to suggest he's going to win 16 floor. world titles? No, he's too old for that. Yeah, there's a great <laughs> comment enough. in there's a great comment in the YouTube chat um, from P. Danny. I want to see a double nineteen hitting contest between Jose and Whitlock. Please, Whitlock would win that. <laughs> Whitlock, Whitlock is the most ridiculous, <laughs> ridiculous double hitter I've ever seen. 
Honestly, yeah, honestly, honestly, preferred doubles. I don't think he's got a preferred doubles. Do you remember the Grand Prix that year where he started on double 13? Yeah. Yeah, it was like, yeah, we're we're having some of this, or or we're we're, we're having some of that. (laughs) Um, But look, Jose de Souza, a worthy champion, and across the nine days, he was the best player consistently. Uh, across, I don't think anyone, don't think anyone can really argue across, ev- across the whole tournament, the best player won this. I think. Let us know in the comments what you think. But uh, guys, do you agree? Not, mm, no, not really. Before the, before um, the final, James Wade was the best player in the tournament. He hadn't lost a game. I uh, disagree. The finishing percentage was higher than anybody else is. All the stats, all the stats before the final meant that he was the better player than Jose. Had. If you're in the final, you have to be that much better. And then it came crashing down. I, I, that, that was the best I've seen James Wade you know, in a I, long time. I'll be honest. I, 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 I thought the best player in the tournament wasn't even in the final. With the way that he'd been playing, Dimitri Vandenberg, you're I thought, right. was the best player yeah. in the tournament. The group, the group stages, I'll give you. But we didn't see the group stages in the knockouts. <laughs> Well, we beat Clayton quite comfortably 10-3. Because he went back to... Hang on, we we saw... Okay, he he beat Clayton quite comfortably, right? Let's be honest about it. He he was a 10-3 victory. You can't not beat someone comfortably. You know, that, that that's that's just a fact. If you win 10-3, then, you know, you, you know, averaging... What was he averaging? He was averaging 103.6, you know... Those that, that is difficult to try to not do so. Nathan Aspel against Dimi Van der, against Dimi Van der Berg, that was a scrap. It was a, it wasn't a great game to witness, but Dimi did a job in the end. Dimi then, I think I, I don't know whether he took his foot off the gas. I don't think he did, but I think he didn't just couldn't quite get over the line against Wadey. And I thought, and I think he thought we had the game pretty much wrapped up at thirteen nine. I certainly did. I thought we were going to have an early night for once, happened to record about ten o'clock. Happy days, but no, of course we don't. That's how the Grand Slam works. But I, I honestly, genuinely believe that Demi Vandenberg was the best player in that tournament. And look, I, that's not taking anything away from Jose. That's not taking away from from Wadey. That's not taking away from anybody else. But I think that overall. Dimmy averaged over a hundred in every in his first four games. He averaged ninety-seven in his second game. Uh, sorry, in his second game of the knockout stages, um, and uh, in the uh, last game he averaged ninety-six. So you know ninety-six point eight. So it's not exactly a massive drop-off. We just expected a lot more from Dimmy after he'd ha- hit the record average for the bloody tournament. Yes, but there was a reason for that drop-off, it's wasn't there, Joe? That's the issue. Yeah. I don't. I don't know it's what you're talking about. Completely Colbert. different Dimitri mentality turned. Right? <laughs> he went defensive. Oh, yeah. He went negative, and he started trying to win it's games. Not based on his ability. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, boys. Got <laughs> no idea. No, uh, I, right, I don't know what you're talking we, about. Never see that. Before we wrap up the slam, we'll come on to. There's lots and lots of questions in the chat, and we appreciate them. We will talk Can about say, the Premier I, League. Yeah, it does. I'm just about to say, I've never seen the chat room so buzzing about the P word. The P word is it, just all over the place at the moment it. because of what's happened. Yes, yeah, don't worry. We'll, we'll sort the players out and then we will go on it for the free-for-all that is the greatest show in darts, 16 weeks on the road. <laughs> we will talk about it. Um, but there the is a new winner circus. in the PEC. 
and it is the special one, Jose de Salza. Right, moving on to this weekend. It is the final chance for players to get it right before the Worlds. We should be in Minehead. We're not. It's the Rico Arena. Don't, and don't. it is the Labrooks. Don't, don't. Seriously, seriously, don't don't remind me about the fact that we should be in Minehead. It's the, again, <laughs> anybody who's been in the who's in the chats, right? Anybody who's in the chat room that has never been to Minehead or people that have been to Minehead and, and anything like that, I promise you it is the best two weekends of the year, Minehead. Gob, can, am I talking sense here? Phil, am I, but both of you actually, am I talking sense here? For the the two best weekends having, yeah. of the year. There, there's a there's a special <laughs> bond that that darts fans seem to have with uh, the Winter Gardens in Blackpool, and and as, as fantastic as Blackpool is, we absolutely love the event. It's one for the you get a more sophisticated crowd, should we say? I genuinely think the Minehead weekenders are two of the greatest weekends in 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 the calendar. They are superb. Um, just the entertainment that comes with it. it it's an all-out darts weekend rather than a go to an event and come back again. It's just magnificent. I, d- I disagree. The best weekend in darts is the last weekend of the match play, Friday, Saturday, Sunday in Blackpool. No, I won't have a bad word said against it. Now, here's the problem with that. I, I've got no danger with you saying that because we all know what happens in Blackpool on a Friday night and a Saturday night, in particular that final weekend. It is amazing. But there is something so special about everybody congregating on site in Minehead, and it is just one of the the best, best weekends. And if you've never done one and you're thinking about doing one, please go and do one. The UK Open or the Players' Championship, you cannot go wrong with either. All I'm saying is there's no pop world in Butlins. No further questions, Your Honour. Moving on to the Players' Championship. Draw. Yeah, but there's... I'm not having that. I'm not having that. <laughs> Sorry. We've never got to move on. I'm not having that. You don't need... Hang on. Hang on. I, I adore Pop World, right? But you don't need a Pop World in Butlins because the entire venue is cheap. There's like four rooms of the crowd. Correct. Right. And also as well, you don't want to get absolutely... We don't want to get an absolute belter of a, of a tribute act as well, but that's another issue for another day. <laughs> right, Speaking moving on. Player's Championship. Jacob Brook asked another question along this tone. He's... He's gone. <laughs> <laughs> Jacob's trying, trying to get the B word out there tonight. <laughs> he must um, not be named Jacob. Yeah. You should know this by now. <laughs> right. Let's let's run through the draw in bracket order. Uh, Peter Wright against Ryan Meekle. Harsh draw for Meekle. Um, this is about uh, Adrian Lewis against Simon Whitlock. Ryan Sir against Dimitri Vandenberg. Daryl Gurney against Callum Ridd. I'm looking forward to that as well. Michael Smith against Boris Kirchmar. Gary Anderson against Keegan Brand. Interesting. Jose de Souza against Mike De Decker. Vincent Bulldozer van der Voort against Dirk Tenekers. Uh, Nathan Aspinall against Scott Really quickly about Vincent. The big question is, would he want to bulldoze the Rico? Because I know he wants to bulldoze Minehead. So I don't know whether he'd want to bulldoze this one. You, you name it, it's getting bulldozed in Vincent's. It's just steam through. Um, Ross Smith against Kim Hybrex. That could be quite tasty. Damon Hetter against Mike Hohenhausen. Uh, Stephen, Bunton, Stephen Bunton against Ryan Murray. Christoph Ratowski needs, needs a performance here, in my opinion, against Carol Sedlicek. 
Uh, Madders Razma against Chris Dobie, intriguing. Dane Oppett against Steve Beaton, a lot on the line for both. Chizzy against Merv King, absolute coin toss, but we'll, we'll have a look in more detail. Bottom half of the draw, the Iceman, Gathering Price against John Henderson. Ricky Evans, Jamie Hughes, Matt Ward will be happy. Um, Jermaine Watamina <laughs> against Steve Lennon. <laughs> Devin, Devin Peterson against Luke Humphreys. Ian White, Willie Portland, Gabriel Clements, Martin Clearmacher. A repeat from the slam, Joe Cullen against Adam Hunt. Rob Cross against Jason Lowe. MVG against Darius Labanauskas. The Ferret against Mickey Mansell. Glenn Durrant against Wayne Jones. Darren Webster in for Mensor Sulevic, who has a bereavement in the family, sending our best wishes to Mensor and his family. So Darren Webster comes in against Jeffrey Dijuan. The Machine, James Wade against Neil Zolivand. Then we have the Obergenius, Dirk Divenboda against Willie O'Connor, Brendan Dolan, Luke Woodhouse, and the bottom of the draw, Ryan Joyce against Andy Bolton. Gentlemen, 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 what an absolute lineup that is. Some quality games. Yes. Absolute <laughs> belters. <laughs> Can't wait for this. Yeah, look. Because normally, instead of obviously, looking at normally the draw that yeah, we'll the the normally it's easier to digest. Yeah, I, the thing is as well with, with the way that obviously normally works again. If you if you're never into Minehead, then it is a bit of a difference. But particularly when it's just when it's just there for the players, obviously you've got the main massive arena that they have at the at the Sky Arena, and then you've got the little stage um, in in stage two, which is very tavern, very circus tavern, lakesidey. There's that two tiered system in the crowd. It is probably one of my favourite rooms in darts, apart from the multi-board room at the UK Open and the ball and the Empress Ballroom. But I like the fact as well that we've got seven games on the main stage and nine on stage two. And I think even stage two, to be fair, stage two, that in the afternoon, there's some absolute belters on that stage. Yeah, look, at my head, I like stage two because it reminds me of the tavern, low ceiling, close in. Um, but yeah, look, just some, some absolute belters and look, I know not everyone can play in the evening but how is Adrian Lewis Simon Whitlock on the in the afternoon well with that one I think that's because it's a it's a four o'clock start maybe four four fifteen start potentially in the afternoon so, so people might just be getting back in from work or they might be finishing work and then just switching the darts on obviously in the UK in terms of lockdown so that might be the case but that's all I think it might be but what game would you bump from the main stage? Would you bump Jose against right Mike now? in the evening? Would you buy, bump Mike? That's, just, that's easy. Right now, Gary Anderson. Brady again. Yeah, but Gary, you know this. You know this. I know this. Gary does ratings. Yeah, but there's look. I, th- I think that game's got disaster written all over it. Um, but in terms of the better game, no doubt. Adrian Lewis against Simon Whitlock, for me. I don't, I don't disagree with you. But what I'm saying is, is that like AD Lewis against Simon Whitlock, yeah, it'd be a good game, and it's a good way to close out the main stage in the afternoon. But Gary does ratings, and that's the key. So because of that, he's going to be on the evening. That's just how it works. But we'll start main stage in the afternoon. Some tough ones here. Van Dijvenboda against Willie O'Connor. This could be anything because both of them 
you just got no idea which one's going to turn up. If they both turn up, it'll be a belter, or they could both be average, or what it'll be one and one, and then anything could happen. We're still waiting to see the Willie O'Connor of the World Cup from last year, really, aren't we? He looked like he was going to carry some good form, perhaps push on and start making a real go of this and a push towards top 32, maybe top 16. And, and that just hasn't materialised. Dirk had, has had a great year. Um, he started brightly, started dropping off. We, we've spoken about him a lot. The Grand Prix was was very, very good at, obviously. Um, absolute coin toss. Yeah, 100%. We're not going to go through every game, ladies and gents. We will be here till God knows what time. But a couple of intriguing ones. Rob Cross, Jason Lowe intrigued me on the main stage. Yes. Yes. Well, I'll let Gob have this one because I know how much he loves Jason Lowe. But I do as well, I prefer, thinking about it. I think, I, I honestly, gen- I genuinely believe <laughs> that this is a massive first-round game. I genuinely believe that, I genuinely believe that Lowe's got half a chance of beating Cross here. He's, he's got a great yeah, couple of starting that. games here in Minard. Not so great at finish them off. Yeah, look, I think a week well, ago, yes. I'd, have been, I'd have said it was closer, but there were signs at the slam that it's the best I'd seen Rob throw in a long, long time. Although he lost the match, there were so many positives for, for Rob Cross at the slam. The throw looked better. It was The, the darts were going above the treble not below. And if you can carry that on, it should be a damn good game. Uh, look, we all know about the short format, don't we? End of the day. And more importantly than that, I honestly genuinely believe that Jason Lowe is playing some of the best, some of the best stuff on the Pro Tour this year. Rob Cross, we don't know what Rob Cross it will be. You talked about you talk about the throw and all that sort of stuff, but we just don't know what Rob Cross is going to turn up. With it. If, we, if we see a Rob Cross than we saw in the World Cup, then I reckon Jason Lowe beats him. I'll be really honest with you. If we see what's happened in the slam and what we saw at the Euros, then I reckon that Rob Cross wins it. It's just complete. We don't, it all depends on what Rob Cross turns up. That's what I'm trying to get at here. The next game intrigues me as well. Devin Peterson against Luke Humphreys. Now, I'm, I'm, I might be wrong here, but Devin hasn't looked himself in the last couple. The, the, the throw didn't look great in the early stages at the um, Grand Slam. There was a lot of darts going low and being pulled. Now, has he had enough time to rectify any issues, Gob, do we think, or not? I don't know. When, when he got going and when he got into flow, he looked really good. The problem with Devon is he's a slow starter. He's, he's becoming, well, that's that's my opinion of him at the minute. He's building a little bit of a reputation with me for starting slowly. If he can get out and, and establish himself in a game and build up, he's normally good value for money. But he is starting games very slowly. And in race six, he can't afford to do that. Being said, Luke Humphreys has not had the greatest of years. Um, no, I, I was expecting a little bit more from him, whether that is because of lack of playing from COVID or being world youth champion and, and wanting to really establish himself with that mantle on him. It, I, I don't really know. After the the win against Gary in the Premier League, which Gary had chances, let, let's be honest, um, he hasn't really pushed on like I wanted to see. 
Because when he's in full flow, he's, he's bloody brilliant to watch as well. Yeah, agreed. Right. The main stage, Adrian Lewis, Simon Whitlock. Where are we going with this one, gentlemen? I don't think it's this difficult to call, if you want me to be brutally honest. I don't think it's that difficult to call. Simon Whitlock wins this, and I think he wins it comfortably with the way that he's been playing. I really, I, I, I don't see why, I don't see how Lewis at this moment in time, I, I, Lewis obviously made a little bit, looked a little bit fresher potentially in the um, in the winter series, but I just think Whitlock's on that much of a charge at this moment in time that I, I don't think this would be close. I think it'll be about 6-2, 6-3 if Whitlock performs the way he has been doing. Bob? I don't know. It's another case of Jars Jars can say no, he hasn't, but Lewis has not been getting nice fixtures for the last year or so. And, and every time you think he pops up and he needs a run and he looks like his action is is on its way, he gets one of these absolute stinkers. I'm not saying his, his results are completely down to poor draws, Jarlis. Stop hiding like a toddler. But there are nicer draws out there. And, and Lewis never seems to get that nicer draw, is what I'm saying. He's an inverse Devon for me as well at the minute. He looks to be starting games really, really well. His action looks brilliant at the start of the game. You get to that leg four or leg five, and he starts throwing the odd stray dart in there, and all of a sudden it breaks down worse than an Alfa Romeo after six months. <laughs> Historically, the most unreliable car manufacturer in the world. <laughs> yeah, that's a fair point. I'll give you that. Yeah, all right. Okay. I'll give you that. I just I just saw some signs at the winter series that the Lewis action looked good. And when the Lewis action looks good, good things happen. Yeah. You say it's, he hasn't been getting uh, great uh, great draws, by the way, Gob. You, you say he hasn't been getting great draws. Is that right? Yeah? Yeah? So he had Whitlock in the European Championships last year, who wasn't anywhere near what he was playing. He had uh, Jermaine Watamino in the World Grand Prix last year. Okay, running to Glenn Durant. Yep, I'll give you that. That's absolutely fine. Um, in, in the world match play. Okay, yep, cool. What else have we got? We've got the fourth round of the of the uh, fourth round losing to Jason Lowe, 10-4. You know, in the UK Open this year, didn't qualify. For, uh, didn't, uh, what did he get in the match play? He got to the quarterfinals, did he? Yep, he got to the quarterfinals of the match play. Uh, and who did he lose to? He lost to Dimitri Vandenberg. I'm sorry, but this 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 not getting nice fixtures shite that you chat. Pardon, sorry? The eventual winner. What was that? Well, yeah, but on, the, on that the, basis Dimitri. of that game, yeah. would you expect Adrian Lewis to beat Dimitri Vandenberg? Would you not expect him to beat Dimitri Vandenberg? Yes. And if you were telling me otherwise, you'd be Four lying. Years ago, yeah. This 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 and in 2020, Bridget Vandenberg was doing nothing. He just qualified no, just about the PDC Summer Series. Four or five players in a row at an event that rank outside the top 64 and then walk to a title and suddenly be the old Adrian Lewis again. But he does seem to run into these stickier yeah. fixtures at times when there are easier draws out there, is what I'm saying. And what you don't need... And he was saying what to... He needs a work. He's played Jermaine Watamina, Jason Lowe, Simon Whitlock before we had this re- renaissance, and Dimitri van der Berg. Dimitri, yes, the two-time World Youth Champion. Yes, he's done bits. He was doing bits at the match play, but he'd only just qualified. How could he How could he have an easier draw? Like, I, don't, I don't understand. These are games that you have to win if you want to be considered the old 80 again. 
I don't get it. But you're, but you're forgetting Demetrius. Fraud. Oh. At the match play, you're forgetting Demetrius fresh out of Severus Snape's defence against the Dark Arts class. Oh. <laughs> you're calling it, you go, you're going down the Dark Arts, are you, Philip? <laughs> I just want to throw that one in there. Right, but anyway, before before we go back to Dark Arts, I love it. One word, Whitlock or Lewis, Jarloff. Oh, Whitlock wins this comfortably. 6-2. Gob. Jackpot. Jackpot. There we go. On to the main stage. Oh, no, sorry, let's go to stage. No, forget that. We're going to stage two. Um, Brendan Dolan against Luke Woodhouse. I think Dolan too much what we saw in the winter series, but for Luke Woodhouse, if I'm being honest, uh, I hope Luke plays well, but I thought Brendan looked really, really steady in, in the winter series. And that throw, when it's on, he's hard to beat. Uh, I'm just going to run through I mean, some of the other ones. Promising but, this. Yeah, 100%. 100%. One thing is, Murray's a really good game. Bunting yeah, Bunting against Murray, I'm really intrigued by because Murray, Ryan Murray's been playing some really good stuff this year, and Bunting he's got to find something yeah, no, he's, he's going to try and, and get. Yeah, yeah, and Bunting's I'm, got to be careful. Tyson needs something he's here as well. Bunting wasn't a twenty-five. Well, yeah, but Tyson, we have But if if Gob ever talks to me ever again about a a bad draw for Tyson, this is not a bad draw for Christoph Tyson on TV. No, in all seriousness, no, though, right? Nice this is a this massive. This is a nice one. He's got one. He's got a nice one. All right, but I'll see. I'll say this now, though, about Ratajski. This, like you say, this is the moment where he does have to do producing on TV because you look at his, you look at his record, and you look at how much money he's got, and all that sort of stuff. It ain't that much from the telly. So here's an opportunity then to put push yourself right up into that top ten mix potentially. Hundred grand on this if yeah. you win it. The game underneath it as well. Interesting to see how Clemens bounced back because he f- because he fell off a cliff last week with literally lead tied round his ankles against Adam Agreed. Hunt. Don't disagree yeah. there. Still, still um, not sure how it happened. <laughs> but he need, needs to bounce back and needs to find a performance. Um, the rest of it. Oh, sorry, you know, I'm good guy on the bottom. Daryl Gurney against Callum Ritz. Big, big game. Huge game. Big game for Super Chin. Huge. He's already lost an absolute fortune in his ranking. He's lost a fortune in his ranking this year. This is the last title that he won, and he's obviously defending it now. This is massive for Gurney. Huge. But I'll be honest with you, and I know a few people have actually said this in the chat tonight. I reckon, I reckon, Ridz does him. But at this moment in time, Callum Ridz is playing super, super darts. No, completely agree. Right, main stage in the evening. It's full of the big guns. They're all there. But without going through each and every one of them, I don't see, apart from Gary, don't see too much trouble for the big guns. Do we agree? Before this week, before this week just gone, I would have put one more in trouble. But I think the way he played at the slam means he, he's 
just starting to pick it up perhaps at the right time and, and show that bit of grit about him. And, and that's Nathan Aspinard. I don't think he's had a great year at all. Um, but I think there were signs at the slam that, especially that win over Gezi, that he's still got something about him. I think yeah. the big one for me is, I, th- I think that's the one that I, I, I'm really intrigued by. Because if Scott Waits can produce some of the stuff that he's been playing, I reckon Nathan could be in a bit of bother. I, I, I still reckon the ass will get over the line, but Scott Waits is not going to give him an easy game. The rest of them, I don't I don't see a big shock anywhere, really. I'll be honest with you. No, I, I agree. I think, I think the big guns have it all their own way. On the main stage... Saturday night, so I'm sorry, Friday night. Moving on, stage two. Where what games leap out for you, Jar? <sighs> Jesus. Um there ain't a game, a great game on there, I'll be brutally honest. The only one I think what? is interesting is Marjorie against Chris Dobie. There ain't no, there ain't like there ain't that too many greater games, I'll be honest, on, on stage two. Um I think I'm looking forward to Marjorie Rasmus against Chris Dobie. That could be a really good game. Um, this is a big game for Chris because obviously Chris has got to really start making the jump and all that sort of stuff, I think. You know, we'll see where we go from that. Marjorie Rasmus has been playing some super stuff, obviously made a final of the uh, of the Autumn Series area on this year. And Chris has got, like I say, he's got to start making, um, I've got to start making some moves. So uh, that's probably the only game that really tickles my fancy. Maybe Ross against Kim, I don't know either, but I think it's going to be Marders Thank against Chris. probably be my tie of the year. Uh, oh, sorry, did I just steal your thunder there? No, you just got it right. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> uh, to, to be fair... Go on, tell, tell me why. why. I'm interested. Ross Smith-Kim Smith, Hybrex looks like an absolute belter. Ross's form this year has been superb. He's been a real threat. If he if he finds that first start in the treble, he is a bit of a first start merchant, but he's he's been superb. He's taken some big scalps. And Kim, since the World Cup, has looked like a completely different man. He looks refreshed. He looks like he's got the bit between his teeth, but he looks like he's out to, to go and win some games and start climbing back up the rankings. I did the home tour on Monday, did comms, and Kim was playing, and he was hitting some big, big scores. Um the highest checkout of the day he won yeah. the day the only thing he didn't have was the checkout percentage yeah no I, I agree it, it was good to see Kim playing well and well again right and the game you know what's coming now gentlemen Petter versus Mike Kuvenhoven that's another good one gentlemen you know what's coming now don't I think you? I take that. go on my friend we're going to quarter it up and we want semi-finalists, final and winner, like always. You know how it works, gents. Come oh, on. We do wow. it all the time. Wow. We, we, we do it all the time, wow, gentlemen. Wow, it's wow, not wow. a surprise. Can we have a graphic okay. of it in the corner? Right. <laughs> well, I've got, to, I've got to be honest with you. Uh, and I'll, as this is a little secret to everybody, that everybody else watching and listening, I've got the Wikipedia drawer up behind uh, while I'm watching this as well. <laughs> <laughs> so I can know uh, where I'm going. <laughs> um, okay, well, do you want me to go first then? Everyone, do, do, you want, do, you want, 
Do you want to go first then on who I think gets through, Mr. Bars? Go on then. Over to you, semi finalists. Please, Jarleth. Okay. Okay. Well, do you know what? I'm going to start from the bottom up because I think it's easiest to start with the bottom up. Although Glenn against Michael Van Gerwen would be an amazing game in the third round, and I hope it happens. I really do. I still think that MVG is on a collision course and he's going to be coming back. Um, I think he will play. Do you know what? I'm going to go with Brendan Dolan in the quarterfinals. MVG plays, and I think MVG comes through that comfortably. So he's going to be in that bottom part of the draw. I think that, again, the bottom half of the draw is the bottom half of the third part of the draw is interesting. I think Cullen will get through that where he will play Gerwin Price, and I reckon that Price does it. So my semi-final line there is going to be Gerwin Price against Michael Van Gerwin. Yes, please, for a start-off. First half, first top half of the draw is going to be Peter Wright against Michael Smith. They'll get through that. Michael Smith will just, just about beat Gary Anderson in round two because it's a first to 11 legs. I think Jose... Will do bits, but I think Michael Smith will just want this. So I think it's going to be Pete White. By the way, Michael Smith, Gary Anderson, and Jose de Sousa in that in one part of the draw is going to be very interesting. And I think Michael Smith will play Peter Wright, and I reckon that Michael Smith beats Peter Wright. I'm going to go with Buddy Boy making that semi final. Where he plays, someone is wide open this bit of the draw here. I mean, Nathan obviously is the number four seed, but I just don't see. <sighs> I'm just trying to see if anybody else who I think is going to do the business against Nathan. And I reckon there is one. In the quarterfinals, he plays the Polish Eagle, Christoph Ratajski, and he beats it. And uh, Christoph Ratajski beats Nathan. So my semi-final lineup is Michael Smith against Christoph Ratajski and Gerwin Price against Michael Van Gerwin. Why not? Why not? Interesting. Mr. Garwood, your final four, please. I'm going to give you my quarterfinalists and, and work my way into the semi-finalists as Jar just did. Uh, section one in the quarterfinals: Peter Wright beats Jose de Souza. That that loss for Bully Boy is a little bit too much for him, and he needs a bit longer to recover. I think. So I'm back in Jose to get through that one. In quarter number two, I think Nathan Aspinall might fall early. I, I think Scott Waits and then the winner of Ross Smith or Kim Hybrex are two tough encounters to start with, um, especially if he's then going to run into the man I think he is, which would be Damon Hatter. So I have Damon Hatter to play the Polish Eagle, and I have Ratajski making his first uh, TV semi-final. Uh, number three, I think this one is a little bit more straightforward. You have to back Gerwin Price. Um, I've got him as a quarterfinalist. But I think the player that he beats to make the semi is intriguing. I'm going for Rob Cross. I saw enough of that throw to say really? that he has... Yeah. I, I saw enough of the action to suggest that the bad misses are becoming more minimal. They're not missing by... He's not doing it as often. They're not They're not as frequent. And I think if he can start to build on that, 
the action's still there. He's bringing it back to the right place. Um, it's just a confidence thing now. And can he add three or four points onto his average if he's going to go back and contend for titles? But I can, I can see him sneaking out of that part of the draw. Uh, but Gezi Price does beat him in the quarters. Uh, and then the final uh, quarter, uh, Marco Van Gerwen comes through the top half of it. Um, I probably would fancy Dozer to have another crack at him as his, as his record, but I just don't think that um, Dozer's had enough time to get right. I think this is all about getting his preparation right, being in the zone of, of playing professional darts and, and putting some practice hours in, in and around the event. But just, just make sure you're familiar with the surroundings, make sure you're fit and that you can do your preparation right and then really building up for a crack at the World Championships. Um, and then he's, he's, he's just looked too good to not be the other man in that quarterfinal. It has to be James Wade for me. Um, but I think that is as far as James gets. I think Michael Van Gerwen beats James in that quarter. Um, just scoring power again. Right. Section number one. Oh. I'm going bold. I've got a feeling. What a surprise. 20 miles off. What a surprise. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so, Adrian Lewis gets to the quarterfinals where... Well, that's, what, that's, your, that's your first X straight away. Eh, eh. I just... I missed just that. I had internet issues. A.D. Lewis, he says he's going to make the quarterfinals. I think A.D. makes oh. the quarterfinals. I think he beats Snowbot in round two. Text. Yeah. Did you not see Snowbot me. Grand Slam? Yeah, but this, this is the 11 race to 11 legs. Oh, yeah, sorry, he couldn't hit three, could he? <laughs> yeah, I was, I was, I was, I was going to say... Look, I, I think Snakebite will use the World Championship darts. I think it'll go back to them. Um, but I just got, I don't know, I just got a fun, I just got a positive feeling about Adrian Lewis this this weekend. So I'm going Adrian Lewis to get out of the top section. Section number two. I agree. I think Christoph Ratajski will play Adrian Lewis in the semi final. Bottom half, I think we all agree, Gerwin Price. Uh, Gerwin Price comes through section three. I just don't... Dev is the only one, but by the time he plays Dev, it goes to the longer legs format, and I just think that Gezi gets his man. And the bottom half, MVG. So I am going my four semi-finalists. Go on, mate. No, I was just going to say, really quickly, Joe's just put in the comment section uh, in the chat room. Lewis ain't beating Whitlock. I agree with you there. And he certainly ain't beating right over the longer format. Just a quick one there to everybody. Just a reminder that uh, the first two rounds are played over 11 legs. The next two rounds, so the third round of the quarterfinal played over 19, and then the semifinal of the final is played over best of 21. But sorry, Phil, what was your um, what's your semifinal up again? Just so I get it yeah, right so, so before I lie. So, so- so, so, so my point to that is Adrian Lewis doesn't need to beat Peter White over the longer format. So my semi-final yeah. lineup is Adrian Lewis against Christoph Ratajski. 
and the Iceman Gerwin Price against Michael Van Gerwen. Yes, please. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to this. I'm really looking forward to that potential semi-final. That could be a barnstormer. You know what's coming next, gentlemen? From there, oh. who who wins the Labrooks Players Championship before we get Tizalon to join us for the pick of the betting action? So I've got Michael Smith against Christoph Ratajski in my first semi-final, and I'm going to say that bully boy just just comes through there, only just. You're putting him in another final. Then it's oh, going oh, Stop doing it to the man. <laughs> I think you do it, mate. It, it, you know what? If you throw enough shit at a wall, it sometimes it sticks. Right. <laughs> Gerwin Price against Michael Van Gerwin. This is tight. Uh, uh, da, da, da. No. Do you know what? I'm going to sit my neck out. Michael Van Gerwen comes through that semi-final in what will be, or could be, a potential rematch in the World Championship final. We'll come on to that at another date and time. So my final is a rematch of the 2019 World Championship final, getting ready for the tour with them to defend 500 and £200,000 respectively. Michael Van Gerwen against Michael Smith. Where Who Michael wins. wins. Michael does. Sorry, we... Sorry, we, we won't take that as, as an answer. We'd like a surname, please, Jarlath. Van Gerwen. He won the UK Open at Minehead, the last televised title before we obviously went into lockdown with fans. He's going to win what would have been this title at Minehead in Coventry this weekend, getting himself prepared for the Worlds. He's won it four out of the last five years. The only one where he didn't is obviously where he lost to Gurney in the final. He ain't going to do that this time. It's another, it's a second straight Labrooks Players Championship Finals win for Michael Van Gerwen. And yes, you say he's in no form. I disagree with you, with people in the comments section. Um, the reason why I believe he's in a bit of form, he's thrown six ton plus averages. Obviously, the back injury causing the problem there. He missed eight match starts. Yeah, he did. It's what happens in sports. And do you know what? It happens in sport. One, he took out a one four six to go within a leg of the match at the end of the day, and he was barely challenged throughout his entire entire run in the Grand Slam bar Whitlock. Whitlock had to hit 20 maximums to keep up with him. It happens in sport. Rob Cross beat MVG in arguably the greatest game the Alexandra Palace has ever seen. MVG missed six. MVG's mismatch starts before when he's been playing better than this. It happens. Gerwin Price had a chance to beat him at the, at the UK Open final. He didn't take it because of some huge outshots. That is what Michael Van Gerwen does. And Michael Van Gerwen will. Look, I don't want. I, look, I'm not the. I'm not the Michael Van Gerwen fan that we have over on the other on the top half of our uh, screen, Phil Bars. I'm not the Michael Van Gerwen fan that he is. I'm just thinking that this is. I'm thinking that this is the time, unfortunately. So Michael Van Gerwen will be the Players Championship Finals winner. I don't want to be boring, but I am going to be boring. Thank you, Mr. Garwood. Who wins from your predictions? So, I have Peter Wright versus Christoph Ratajski in the first semi-final. And I think the world champion edges that one. I think we, we see Ratajski go deep, but I, I just don't think he's got enough for that one. Uh, and then I have Gerwin Price versus Marco Van Gerwen in the second semi-final. And I think the Iceman does him. 
not many people would have expected me to say that. <laughs> No, um, which sets <laughs> up if, if I had a if I had preview. a betting if I, if, if Tizzles was here <laughs> sorry if Tizzles was here earlier for a betting market on this show that would be up there about an eight to one for you to give going price of chance of reaching the Labrooks Players Championship Finals. It gets better. This gives us a preview of the World Semi Final, I think, because of seedings, in which. Gerwin Price wins the Lovebrooks Players Championship. It's a good job I'm sat that down. That must be hard for you. I'd say, I'd say that must be it's hard, hard for you to say. To say. <laughs> very hard for me to say. But, but I think he wins it because it sets up the Avenge the Defeat in London in a month's time and someone defends their title. Spoiler alert. Ooh. Right. Wow. Stop it now. Just just stop it. <laughs> <laughs> that is your worst nightmare, isn't it? He, 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 he defends oh, after beating Price in the semi and Michael in the final. Sod off. It happened two years in a row. Right, anyway. Here we go. Top half. Semi-final number one, Lewis against Ratajski. Lewis is backed in a major oh. final. Adrian Lewis beats Christoph Ratajski. Bottom half. I'll have some of what you're Absolute. on, Phil. I mean, I'd love to see it, but I will have some of whatever you're on. I remember yeah, you two saying happy. this when I called the ferret. I remember you two saying this when I called the ferret to go deep the other week. Bottom half, Michael Van Gerwen beats Gerwin Price in a last leg decider. So my final is a repeat of the game of the Winter Series for me. It will be Jackpot Adrian Lewis against Michael Van Gerwen. Where? Michael Van Gerwen is the player's champion. Beats jackpot in the final. For me, are you just are you just deliberately? Um, I, just, I thought about it. Are you just deliberately trying to give him an, an easy run to the players' championship finals in terms of in terms of that final, an easier run that he could potentially have, just so you can make sure that he's the champion? Is that what is that what we're doing? Runs don't exist according to you. Yeah, there's uh, no that, easy runs. That have been easy runs. have been easy runs. They've all qualified. They're the top sixty-four on the order of merit that have won their money across the year. They all deserve to be there. They're all fabulous players. <laughs> I thought for a second you were being serious then. I love it. <laughs> I love it how it says, I've got a comment here saying, Phil, you always say MVG wins. Boring. It's bound to work sometimes. Mate, I'm not being funny. As I said to you before, if you throw enough shit at a wall, it sometimes sticks. That'd be funny, Jack. That'd be funny, Jack. He's the best player ever to pick up a dart. And he wins. If you don't like it, bore off. Oh my god. Oh no, no. Oh no, 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 no. Don't, don't, don't. There you go. Don't go there down go. that road. The, um, don't go down that road. We've opened the floodgates. Gob, Gob's done it. He's opened up. Peter Wright's going to win win the world championship back to back. I've done this. We'll come on to it more in a second. But first of all, we've got someone joining the show. Please. What's, what's, what's the matter? What's, what's the matter? What's the matter with you two? It's what we do it. 
we just tell say what we think. I mean, I, I, I'm with you, but let's just not throw that debate out tonight. We've already got enough stuff to talk about. We've got we've got the Premier League to talk about and our next guest. Right, moving on. We are going to invite Tizzle back to the show. If you don't know, Tiz, expert social media tipster on Facebook and Twitter, and he joins us to preview the betting angles. Tiz, mate, how are you going? Very well. Cheers, guys. Enjoying the show. Phil, you've come up with some... Crazy remarks again tonight. Uh, yeah, I've, <laughs> yes. I've, been, I've been nodding my head disbelief for some of them. Way of but, it is. but yeah, I've known you for many years, and I know I know controversy is your thing. So yeah, I like it. <laughs> it's what we do. It's what we do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, obviously what? you've got me on the show there to talk about the championship, the betting odds. Uh, I'm going to start us off. I've picked out an accumulator again for the first round. You've all looked at the games yourselves there. I think you can all agree there's some really good ties in there. There's some that aren't maybe, there's a few in there that aren't maybe classics. But what I noticed going through the betting markets, there's some quite short odds favourites. So the winning markets, there's, there's not much of an appeal there from a betting perspective for myself. There's a lot of one to seven shots, anything between one to seven to sort of one to four. In an accumulator, no, that, you're not interested in them sort of bets. So I've looked more towards the uh, the total amount of legs because I think there's going to be some tight games in there, a lot tighter than maybe some of the bookies actually believe that they're going to be. So for what I've picked out with, to start us off, I've gone with a five-fold and it pays nine to two. And each selection that I've gone with is over 8.5 legs. So I'm not expecting to see anything below sort of a six Two six one. Sorry, I'm expecting to see nothing like a six two or six one scoreline. I'm thinking six three and above for the following five games. Um, so let me just get me up, get them up here. Right. So first up, AD Lewis versus Simon Whitlock. Um, I think that's a good game. I think I, I, I expect I expect to go over distance that one. To be quite honest with you, we saw we saw how Whitlock played this week. He's back scoring. He's feeling confident. We know with Whitlock at the moment, he can he can go to the next tournament and he can do absolutely nothing. But I'm, I'm hoping against I'm hoping against Lewis this week. I'm hoping that we're going to see plenty more of the one eighties. I think if that happens, I think Lewis is going to go toe to toe with him. I'm hoping there's going to be some big scoring games. I mean, it's just a case of who holds the nerves on the doubles, who gets through. But I'm expecting that game to go quite far. I don't know what you guys think of that one. Like it, I agree. Well, I've. I've said that I think this would be a 6-2, I'll be brutally honest. I think Whitlock is, oh, yeah, is just yeah. playing some super, super stuff at this moment in time. So, I look, it could easily be a 6-3, but I've got Whitlock all day on this one. I think it will be a really good game. Really good game. Yeah. No, I agree. Uh, I, 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 I like think it. the betting odds. Yeah. So, next in then, we'll go straight in. Gary Anderson versus Keegan Brown. So, the bookies have got Anderson favourite by an absolute mile at the moment. As we all know, there's a lot going on with Gary Anderson right now. Physically, he's feeling. I think he's feeling it. He's said it in a lot of his interviews right now, but it is, it's affecting his game. It's going to affect his game. Keegan Brown is a tough, tough opponent. Um, if he turns up, he's more than capable than taking a good few legs off Gary here. Uh, I think it's not out of the question for, the, for him to take three or four legs off Gary. And, you know, he might even push him further. He could even, he could even take it. Five to two for Keegan Brown could be a potential value there. Um, it obviously all depends on what Gary turns up and how physically fit he's feeling. 
But I think there, I think there's good scope for Keegan Brown to take at least three legs off Gary uh, when the tournament starts on Friday. I don't know what you guys are saying I there. Agree. Well, I, I agree that I don't think yeah. this is as one sided as what the bookies make out at all. Yeah. yeah. Tony Green. Brilliant. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Next in then. So, Rob Cross, Jason Lowe. Now, you've just touched upon it there. Rob Cross, he is throwing better. Uh, Jason Lowe, though, I think there's potential there for him to, to really push him. He's been playing some all right darts of late. Um, I think that is a game that could go the distance. Again, if Rob Cross turns up, I have no doubt he can just he can wipe the floor with them. If he turns up and he hits his best darts, we know what can happen with Rob Cross. But I think at this stage, I think it'll take Rob Cross a couple of games maybe to start hitting hitting his true form. I think early on, I think Lowe could take quite a few legs off him with Rob Cross still progressing. Yeah, uh, I, like I, that. I, I think he goes deep as well. Yeah. So fourth in then, Joe Cullen, Adam Hunt. So Cullen, he's played, he has played some good darts this year. Maybe not the last few uh, couple of months, maybe. There's been the last couple of tournaments where he's maybe not hit the heights that he could have done in some of the earlier games this season. Uh, I think Hunt could push him. Hunt's actually looked uh, improved recently. I think that's another one that has got the potential to go quite far. Um, I don't know if you guys want to chip in with anything there. No, I, I agree. That no, I like that. I, I, I think... Went into the Euros, top seed, and hasn't really delivered since. Yeah, exactly. So it's been a month or so since we've seen probably the best of Cullen, I believe. Is it a month? Maybe three weeks. Um, so it's been it's been a bit since we've seen the best of Cullen. I think Hunt is a tricky opponent. Uh, trickier than maybe the bookies are given credit for, to be quite honest with you. So I think that is a I think that's a good game. I think there's value there. Uh, last one, I've gone for a guy that I'm loving at the moment. To be quite honest with you, Dimitri Vandenberg versus Ryan Searle. So Dimmy, his scoring has been exceptional recently. It has been exceptional, but Ryan Searle is a really tricky opponent. Uh, he's just one of the. He's a steady performer for me. I think he scores steadily, and I actually think he sometimes thrives off going against some of the bigger opponents and the big scorers. I don't, I don't feel like he's intimidated by big scorers. I see him go up against opponents in tournaments and I see him still throwing hit, like throwing 95 ton scores and that's hard for anyone to beat. Uh, so it's, 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 very, it's very hard to break, break a man who can hit them sort of scores. If his double's in, then we've got a great game there. I think, I think Dimmy will progress. Um, but I think Searle can give him a really good game, and that could be one of the that could be one of the best games potentially um, of the of the first round if that one lights up as I think it could do. I like that. Yeah, Searle so never gets bashed up either. Is, yeah. is the thing. He's That's always what, yeah. in and around. And uh, yeah, I, I like the legs on there. Tears really do. Yeah, that's the logic I'm going with. So that's that's five selections there. It pays nine to two. Um, I think I think he's got a good chance. It's one of them. I think it's looking at it. I just didn't see the value in anything to do with wins. There wasn't um, too many one eighty markets out just yet, so I was kind of limited to choosing legs. But all them selections there to have at least nine legs uh, is nine to two. Like that. So mate. next up to you there. Yeah, tournament betting wise, I've changed my mind on this one a couple of times in the last few hours. I've done the same as what you guys have done. I've gone through each round, worked out who I think is going to be getting to the later stages. A lot of it comes down to the sections, obviously. When you're picking your bets, you've got to look at which is your 
tricky sections. You've got section one, which has got some really, really tricky games in there. It's got some really tricky opponents. I think there is definitely favourable sections in there. Um, but yeah, I was looking at De Souza. I really wanted to put De Souza in there, but he was 12 to 1. And I think as much as form is good, I think the side of a draw he's on, there is some calamitous ties for anyone that's in that side of a draw. Um, so if I was going on that side, I wanted bigger odds, which is kind of where I've gone with it. So I'll go with the three selections that I've got. So I've spoke about him a minute ago. Uh, it's that man, Dimitri Vandenberg. So he played exceptional darts. Yeah, he played exceptional darts in the last tournament. I can see, yeah, I think I've looked at this 25 to 1 on the exchange. I honestly, oh, I think there's, don't, don't, I think there's, don't I, tempt me with this, Tiz. Don't tempt me with this, Tiz. Yeah, I know it's, it's 25 to 1. So let me just go through who he's actually going to potentially be facing. So, looking at it here, right, first round, obviously, we know Ryan Stirl. So, Stirl's short odds, but he's not that short. Let's be honest. It's a trickier game that it's given credit for, but I still expect him to progress from in round one. Round two, potentially Daryl Gurney or Callan Ritz. Again, I fully expect him to fly through that one. If he gets, when he gets, if he gets to round two, I expect him to go through that. Round three. Now, this is where it obviously starts to get tricky because there's that side of a draw now where you've got Peter Wright, you've got A.D. Lewis, and you've got Simon Whitlock. They're three tricky opponents. But I think out of all them players right now, Dimi is the man carrying the form. I know Whitlock's obviously just got to uh, he's just he's just got to semi himself as well. But right now, out of them, if you had to pick someone who's had the best form over the last few months, last six months, I'd be saying Dimi is the man. So I think round three, I see no reason he can't come through that. Quarterfinals: De Souza, Anderson, Michael Smith, Anderson. I'd fancy Dimi to beat Anderson right now. I think Dimi is the man that's probably in the best shape. I think Anderson's got some work to do to even get to the quarterfinals at the moment. De Sosa, he's going to be a tricky opponent, as we've seen. And Michael Smith on his day, we know exactly what he can do as well. He can hit the big scores. If Dimi starts going toe-to-toe with Michael Smith on the scoring, then you've got an absolutely incredible game there. But I don't see any reason. Again, if Dimi hits the heights that he can with with his averages, then he's going to be tricky for anyone to come up at the mo- up against at the moment. And then, yeah, after that, obviously, you've got your semi-finals and your finals, which you're relying on the different sections and the draw to see how they pan out. But I think the route to the quarter-final isn't... There's some tricky games in there, but I think they're all winnable for Dimi in the form that he's in at the moment. I don't know what you guys are thinking there. In terms of price, well, I agree. I, I, you know me, I am possible. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I'll be honest. I, I'll be honest. I, I, you know me. I'm one of the biggest Dimitri Vandenberg fans out there. But it is such yeah. a tough run to the draw yeah, to to, to, the, to a potential win of a tournament. And I just think, yeah, because of that, like I think I, I think Monday took it out of him a little bit. I I that I want him to do win everything, as yeah. we all know on this show. But I just cannot yeah. see how it happens, unfortunately. But you know, there, there are longer odds on there, and and, and I. I'm really intrigued to hear who else you've got, mate. Yeah, not a problem. So second in there then, I've gone for two more selections that are both pay 40 to 1. Now this one here, I mean, I don't know what you guys are thinking to this one. Chizzy, <laughs> 40 to 1. If I look at his <laughs> side, of the, yeah, so section 2. I don't think section 2 is it. the worst. I don't think section 2 is the worst section, to be quite honest with you. I think it could be even 
the best section, to be honest with you, the run that he could potentially get. Agreed. I think round one, I think Mervyn King, he's not a given by any means. Chizzy hits his score and he's very difficult to keep up with. He's, as we know on his day, he's up there with the very, very best scorers, if not the best sometimes 180 hitter out there. Uh, if he get if he starts if he gets his eye in early does in this tournament and he manages to maintain the sort of standards that we know he can do when he's on it, then he is he's a lethal opponent for anyone. So Mervyn King, I'm I'm suggesting he comes through that in round one. Round two, you're looking against Beaton or Noppert. So again, steady steady players there, some steady players. But if Chizzy hits, if he starts scoring, I don't see them to being able to keep pace with Chizzy on that one. So next up then, round three, Dobie or Ratajski. So this is where it's obviously getting tricky. We know what Ratajski is all about. He is just, he just he's like, he's a he's machine liking himself. He's just going to go about his business. He's going to be very difficult to break. And he'll nick, a, he'll nick a, a leg here and there on your throw as well. If Chizzy starts throwing some of his better scoring again, though, I still believe has Ratajski got the scoring power to keep up with Chizzy. Obviously, I need a bit of luck here with Chizzy. I need him to be hitting his doubles. That's obviously been a downside in his career a lot of the time. But having said that, he's argued, he'll have argued the point. We saw it a month or two ago. He won a tournament when everyone was slamming him for his doubles. He said, that is me hitting the doubles. Everyone said, I can't hit my doubles. And look what happens. When he hits the doubles, he is cap- he's a capable tournament winner. So I don't see any reason why Chizzy... 40 to 1 can't do something. I mean, round four, obviously, we know that Aspinall's in there. You've got Bunting and Hetter. I mean, I think Hetter could be the one. Uh, I'd say between Hetter and Aspinall right now. But I don't think Aspinall's thrown as well as he wants to be thrown. I think he's maybe struggling without the crowd. I think Hetter is a dangerous opponent, to be honest, right now. I think a lot of people wouldn't fancy playing him. But I don't think that side of a draw, I think, I think that section there, isn't it's not the worst section, and I think Chizzy's going to be looking at that and thinking, "I've got a chance here." Uh, and I think at forty to one, I'm I'm happy to put a small small wager on him there. I agree. I think that's the nicest section, and like you say, if you're going to back one of them, you back them early doors because if they come through them, and the price gets slashed. Yeah. So you know, I, I agree with you. Chizzy at forty is values from that section. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. You guys having it? Definitely. Yeah, no, I like that. So in terms of value, mate, which is what I look about, that 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 that's value. Yeah, I think the so. last one. Yeah. It's no sure. There's an area of controversy. Yeah, there's an area of controversy on my last selection. If the circumstances were different, you'd look price and you'd be thinking, "Wow, that is that's that's monumental." Uh, it's Duzer. So obviously, we know the situation with COVID with him recently. He's. Um, He's obviously had to be quarantining. He's probably had a lot of mental toughness. He spoke about recently that he's had he had to endure a, few, a couple of really bad weeks. But I'm hoping now he's come through all that. He comes into this tournament, hopefully a little bit fresh in a weird sort of way. He's had a, he's had a, a bit of time to reflect on his darts. He's got his first couple of games, I think, are quite favourable just to get his head back in the game where it needs to be. And if he can get if he can get that right then I don't see any reason why he can't do something again in this tournament. So coming up, he's got first. He's got Wayne Jones first. That's a favourable draw for me. I think he'll, he'll look at that and he'll go, do you know what? That's a nice introduction for me into this tournament. Second round is going to be between Jeffrey Deswan and Darren Webster. Again, if Durant's fighting fit, I don't see... T- 
yeah, I, I, I think he, I think he gets through that. I think he's such a difficult, difficult person to take to take legs off. He'll just do his business and he'll just, he'll just basically battle his way to a, a victory there. Round three. Now this is obviously where it's going to be tricky for him. So he's going to come up against either MVG or Clayton realistically. Now MVG, I think, I think Buzzer on his game is a, a nightmare for MVG right now. We've seen it this season a few times already. MVG, there's definitely, he's a bogey player for MVG as Duzza. There's a stigma in MVG when it comes to Duzza. I think he's tried to get in his head a couple of times. Duzza's just not affected. I don't think Duzza believes in mind games. So I think if Duzza turns up, just does, just throws his darts. And if Michael's head's already in some sort of a, I want to turn this into a personal battle, then I think that could be to the detriment of MVG. Uh, I think if he if he goes down that route, Duzza's just going to get up there. He's not even going to be looking at what MVG's probably said in his interviews. He's just going to go up there and try and throw his darts. So I think that's a potential that's a potential banana skin for MVG there. Um, obviously, there's the other fact that Clayton could be the person to be to be in there. Clayton again, a great performer, but I think if they're both on there, if they're both throwing the best darts, I think Duzza just edges it for me. Uh, so I think that's how that's basically what I'm kind of relying on is him getting through that third round, and then obviously we can get to the quarterfinals there, where the highest ranked opponent I think he could come up against is James Wade. So again, that's a tricky tie. They're the sort that, that's the tie that could go a real sort of long distance where they're both struggling to take uh, take games off each other. But I think again, if he's on it, there's no reason Duzza can't beat James Wade. So I, I think he, I think he's basically he's got to come through that MVG potential battle and then after that with Wade not an easy tie but I don't think again it's the hardest run to the to the quarters and the semis once you get to the semis obviously as you know each way prices you, you're pretty much there so 40 to 1 to make that run to the semi-finals and then you're looking at getting each way payouts on that at 1 to 5 odds you've got an 8 to 1 minimum there so I'm looking at it thinking right semi-finals how realistic is it I think 8 to 1 as a semi-final or a finalist I don't think that I think there's a good chance there he could do it obviously if he goes all the way 40 to 1 cash in, you know what I mean cash in my pocket I'll take it Matt agreed I like who's going to argue on the, the thinking there yeah I can understand I, I know someone's going to argue with me on it I can totally understand it because there's a lot about it that you've got a question because of the the last month that uh, that he's actually had but I think Given the fact that he's back now, if he just wants to play darts and put it behind him, that could be the best thing for him right now. Look, it's, it's 2020, and like you say, the, the favourites are too short. Yeah. That game between Duzzer and MVG it, yeah. in the third round could be... The, the game between Duzzer and MVG yeah. in the third round could be absolutely spellbinding. I'm really looking forward to that, to be really honest. I think it will be... It could be a fantastic game, much like it is in the world match, much like it was in the world match play at a similar distance. Should be an absolute barnstormer. Yep. Really excited for that if we get it. Obviously. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah, I like yeah, that. Should be, should be a like classic. that, Tiz. Like that, Matt. Well, Tiz, pleasure Brilliant. to have you on as always, mate. We really appreciate your time. If you don't follow him yet, head over to Twitter at Tiz Talks, one of the best in the business on social media. Tiz, pleasure, mate. Thank you very much for joining us as always, lad. Pleasure again, lads. Cheers, Cheers. Cheers. I'll tune into the rest of the show. Nice one.
Right, that is the Players' Championships done. Big thank you to Tiz for that. Right, now we're going in. Oh. Two, two big ones. P-word. Two absolute belters. Get ready, people, in the comments. First one we are going to go with. We'll do it in, in, in order because it, it, it's the right thing to do. So, the PDC announced the World Championships yeah. is here. We have the dates. We are heading towards the Palace. How excited is everyone, not just us three, in the comments as well. How excited are we? The world is here. We can see it on the horizon now. We have the dates. We know the times. Yeah. Look, look, we know it, we, look it's exciting, but think about it. 16 days of this. Jesus, what? How the bloody hell, how the bloody hell are people going to actually cope with us for this amount of time? Look, <laughs> <laughs> no. I know. I know. It says day Alexander off, Palace. Let me know. <laughs> I know. I know. It says Alexander <laughs> Palace. We're obviously we're all waiting for Coco the Clan to make some announcements tomorrow on Bojo the on Clan. Where, on where cities are sitting in tier systems. However, there is a huge, huge possibility that we could have fans back in the arena for the biggest show on Planet Darts. Come on to it. If London falls into Tier 3, is it too late to move the World Championships to somewhere in Tier 2, do we think? Could it happen, first of all? I mean... There's no ticket sold, and the rig is currently in Coventry, so it's not as if it's difficult to move it anywhere within the country. I don't see why not. I but have to make a, a decision pretty much tomorrow, and it would be bold of them to move it away only for wherever they move it to to suddenly increase in its tier within the next two to three weeks, like we saw in Nottingham when it first was announced that this tier system was going to be used. I'm really intrigued, right, to see if the Master Arena is done with the snooker. Do we, do we think it's there? Do, is it done? Um, uh, the snooker on now. Yeah, but is will the snooker be done in time to get the rig? Because if the, if the snooker snooker is obviously at the Master Arena as it is, so if the snooker is done by the time the World Championships can start, and it, and, it, and it obviously gives the production team a chance to to get everything in and all that sort of stuff. If London falls into Tier Three, do not be surprised if the if the Marshall Arena becomes re, is rebranded as the new home of World Darts once more, because I think it's going to happen. There's no uh, Barry. We all know Uncle Barry. First of all, we all know Rule Number One on this show. Secondly, more importantly, we know that he wants a crowd. We know that, and if it means that we've got to move it for a year from the Alexandra Palace, it will happen if London does fall into Tier Three. So, no, if because any- of that. I just don't. I just don't know. Is the honest answer? If anyone can, but, Barry and Matt can, and I'll be safe. But I've just had a look. I think. This, I think there is a snooker event happening on the fourteenth of December 
at the at the so at the last arena, so that no. could rule it out. Yes, that could be ruled out. But the other thing is, just the busiest period for football as well, and I just don't see him doubling up with the potential of fans to return as well. Well, yeah, because there going to be fans in football stadiums as well. So, look, I just hope that London falls into tier two and we can have fans back because Barry has been championing, championing this ever since we went into lockdown. And But it was just the most magical announcement that the potential of fans at the World Championship is there. In the comments, guys, let us know how excited are all you guys for the World Championships Look, it's the showpiece event. It's the one we all talk about. And it's the one Peter Wright will not defend. I mean... <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Let's see what happens for a kick-off. But no, yeah. uh, but I should oh. say, by the way, one of our, uh, one of our great writers, actually, Brad, has uh, messaged... Uh, one of our great writers, Brad, has just messaged us to say that uh, the, the snooker final will be happening on the 6th of December there and then obviously the Scottish Open happens on the 13th so thank you very much indeed Brad really do appreciate it and I'm looking forward to obviously working with him on Friday for the uh, for the first session of the UK uh, of the Players Championship Finals but the problem comes for Coventry is the fact that Coventry could easily be put into tier three I mean I only live 20 minutes down the road so if we are in Coventry for the World Championships that would be excellent <laughs> um, but I don't think we will be I still think but we'll look, be in I, London I it, and that'll be and there'll be some form of some form of normality yeah, look, I, I, I think that it'll, it'll either be Ali Pally behind closed doors if it's in Tier 3, or if there's a contingency plan for somewhere in Tier 2 just to get bodies in. It would be absolutely amazing. But when Sky showed that video montage of the world, oh. it, just brought last, it just brought last year rushing back because that was magical. Last year, I think absolutely. I, 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 I genuinely believe that that I genuinely believe that last year's world championship was probably the best on record. I really do. Like, I mean, it's, 2018 was great. Obviously, with Rob Cross winning it in again, like we say, arguably the greatest uh, semi final ever been played. Sorry, well, Wadey Lewis, Wade Lewis, obviously up there as well. Sorry, Gob. You know, 2019's world championship. I didn't think there was that many surprises i didn't think it was that great so i thought 2021 was just magical it 2020 as much as people you know may have got a bit bored with fallon or maybe a bit over the top with fallon being hyped up on, on all the networks you can't admit that you've got to admit that it transcended the dart it transcended darts it transcended sport really she was on everything it gave the shot in the arm for a game that doesn't necessarily need it but it got more eyes on the product and Barry and Matt will have been absolutely happy. Of course they would be. But for us as darts fans, like you had, I remember, I still remember that the day after Fallon won, everybody in my work, because I actually, this isn't my full-time job, unfortunately, but everybody that I was working with that day came up to me because I was at Ali Pali the, 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 the night of Fallon winning. And we went, Oh my God, did you see that last night? I went, what? Fallon beating uh, a bloke at the Worlds. Yes. Anyway, Gentlemen, we've put it off long enough. You know what's coming now after the weekend. The P word is out. Premier League darts. Everyone's been talking about it in the comments. So, look, first of all, my gut is I think the Premier League will be moved slightly. I agree with you. However, we still need 
10 players. So everyone in the YouTube comments right now, right now, get your 10 players who you think will be in next year's Premier League. And we <laughs> will I'm just looking at the last with... list. It's got to be in this notebook somewhere. <laughs> yeah, but things have changed since then. We've had different winners uh-huh. and everything like that. Yeah, which is why I'm looking for that stupid if ranking isn't an issue 10 that I picked. I'm just going to regurgitate that one. No, l- l- last no, time it, it, it was who would we... <laughs> Yeah, the last time was who would who would we like? This is a genuinely right now who we think the ten players will be. So get them in the comments. I've got my ten, just written them down now. So I'll I'll go first while the other two um, take the mic. Here we go. So, it is Michael Van Gerwen, obviously. Ger- uh, Peter Wright, Gerwin Price. Now, I'm going off the basis that Rob Cross stays as world number four. If he stays at world number four, he's in. The tour card race at this moment in time suggests he's going to be world number four, and it's going to be difficult for us to not put him in. So, I'm going to go with Rob Cross. <laughs> I've just looked at the comments. God's going to be fuming. Uh, right. Uh, <laughs> next one is this. Uh, we've got Glenn Durrant, obviously the defending champion. He's going to be in. There's no doubt about this. Uh, he will be in. I'm going to throw Nathan Aspelon in there, regardless whether you think he's not had a great season or not. He hasn't, but he's the defending runner-up. There's no way they're going to allow a bloke on debut who made the world cha- who made the uh, Premier League final out. Obviously, two major winners this year. Dimitri Vandenberg and Jose de Celsa. Then Gary Anderson will get picked for the Premier League. It's just a fact. It will happen. It will be alongside anything that you want. But Gary Anderson will be in the Premier League. That's my nine. And number 10 is a difficult one. A really, really difficult one. But, 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 but at this moment in time, I'm going to say... Buddy Boy sneaks in by the skin of his teeth at this moment in time. No James Wade. The comments that he made to you, I think Phil suggests to me that I don't think he wants to play in the Premier League. And I, I think he's expecting not expecting a call on New Year's Day either. Chizzy, I, I just don't I, see how he gets back in the Prem. I don't think Ian White, Daryl Gurney's dropped off a cliff. I can't see him being in the Prem. And there's been, obviously, and I think it's going to go to 10. It's going to be, it's going to go to 10. There's going to be no contenders, but that's my 10. MBG, Wright, Price, Cross, Duzzer, Asp, Dimmy, Jose, Ando, Smith. This is quite scary. I've got the same 10 as you, Jarlath. We can't all be right, Phil, but the two of us can. Um, that look, That's not the 10 that I'd pick, but that's the 10 that I think no. right now are in the box seat, unless someone wins the players and and comes through like, like that. Right. I think, yeah, look, I think if if someone can produce the goods, 
and get into the top four, I don't think Rob Cross will be in. Not unless he wins the title this year. He could still win the yeah. players. Um, but still do, win the world do, you, again. do you see one of the big three not winning the Worlds? Do you see one of the big three not winning the no. Worlds? No. No, but what I'm saying is if Michael, if Michael Smith can get to the final... Yeah, but if Michael Smith gets to the final, he keeps his top four place. Yes. And then, so, then it's a coin toss about who gets in that 10th spot, by the way. Yeah, no, that, that, that's what I'm saying, Gob, is that um, it, it's all on Michael Smith whether he stays in the top four or not. Um, look, me personally, I would have Devin Peterson in there if it was... Because he ticks the Premier League boxes. Yeah, but the problem is, though, is that he hasn't done anything on TV. We've not seen a run on him for doing anything on TV. We just haven't. He's had a great, Premier he had a great about- middle of the year. And it, yeah, but look, like, okay, in all honesty, we know that Wade ain't going to get picked, okay? No matter whether people but that, want yeah, but, it and all that sort of stuff. But, that, that, but that, that, that's my counter argument to what you just said about having run on TV. If it was about having runs on TV, James Wade would be in. Of course, but I just don't, I just don't, I just don't see how Devon gets in at this moment in time. He ain't done enough. Oh, you know, that, that's yeah, what, I'm not saying that, but I'd have him in there because he's let, okay. what the Premier here's League the, is about. Here's the deal, then. Yeah, but here's the deal, though. If Ratajski gets to the Players' Championship final, or he wins it, or he gets, uh, or he gets to a World Semi, or and, and wins, or, or a World Final potentially. Then he's got to be in, surely. Like if he wins, if he, if a a world final, he goes and wins the title. I think a world final. If he wins, wins the players, yeah. I think he's well, in. I'm saying, if, he, if, if he wins, yeah. If he wins his tournament, then it, I tell you what, Michael Smith better go and win a tournament <laughs> or make a world final again. Because if he doesn't, then he is in big trouble. If someone else doesn't, if someone else other than the top three doesn't win. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Um. Have you got yours, Gob? I have, but before I start, I have 10 comments <laughs> on my screen right now because I can see them at the same time. Six of them, six of them have <laughs> about one man. Stop it! <laughs> <laughs> if we ever get through a show, if we ever get through a show without the B word being mentioned, that is going to be a highlight in itself. It's just never going to happen now. You wait till he's back on tour next year. Stuck with a miserable, head-shaking, fan-letting-down, woe-is-me man. Hmm. Where were we? My turn. Uh, Guaranteed four. Guaranteed four is Peter Wright, MVG, Gerwin Price and Rob Cross. I don't see the world title heading anywhere outside of... The, the top three. Um, and I, I've seen enough from Cross to mean that second or third round, and he's pretty much comfortable of an attack from a runner up or whatever from virtually anywhere else. Uh, wild cards uh, I've got Glenn and I have Nathan. Uh, I have Dimmy and I have uh, Jose de Souza. Um, tournament winners and runner up and winner of, of this event. So for me, they're all nailed on. Um, but unlike you two, I've decided to not make a decision in a fashion. 
And we keep saying we want the Premier League to be freshened up, and I think they're fit to a 12 man. No. It will never happen. Never. Well, it will never happen, mate. You can rule that one out now. We won't, I'm saying it won't happen. Matt, Sky Barry, won't have Sky six games. Come out. <laughs> Sky won't have six games a night. They'll drop the format by two legs. Best of tens, not right. twelve. Still won't happen. Don't need to be best of tens. Still won't happen. I can promise you now, mate. I'm not going to pick I, two of these. I've got a better chance four. of winning the world championship. <laughs> I'd say I've got. I'd say I've got a better chance of winning the world darts championship than the Premier League ever going to twelve. So in, in, instead of a and stupid answer, answer, we'd like a name. It's not a stupid answer. <laughs> it's a great answer. It is. It is a stupid answer. Unfortunately, context, it's and, stupid and, answer. unfortunately, it's um, it's our rules, and that's not in the rules. So, rule number one. Well, they're saying that. I've only written eleven right. players. I've written two. someone's name down twice. I've written someone's name down <laughs> twice. So I've only got eleven anyway. Good work. <laughs> <laughs> um, would you have Gary? In, in which case. No, he's he's the one of the three I'm about to leave out because he has to have surgery, and the fact he's pushing it off until after the World Championships, the recovery time, and, and that sort of thing. I think he'll just want to get on with playing the Pro Tour. And to be honest, I don't envisage him having the strongest of World Championships, which means he's going to fall further. And to justify putting him in in that form, with the injury, when he's going to be coming back from surgery and falling that far would be on the same level as Barney in his final year. And we all know my feelings on that one. <laughs> <laughs> have you made it clear, mate? I don't think you ever have. Well, apparently not, because people keep bloody bringing him up. <laughs> To be fair, I think with Anderson, it will all be whether he wants to play or not. I think he'll get offered a wild card. Yeah. It's just whether he accepts yeah. it or not. If that's the case, then then that tenth spot, if, if, if for us, PB, if that's the case, then that tenth spot is wide open for potentially who gets it. Um, yeah, hundred percent. It is for you guys. I've I've filled uh, it with Wade and Smith. I I, I just think. Despite him not ticking boxes, he's incredibly difficult to ignore after his, his run to the slam final and his current world ranking. If he goes deep oh, again, he, no, player, he's not. not saying he has to win it. But if, if he if he finds himself in the last four or the last eight of this, he'd have gone back-to-back finals and then a last eight. Too difficult to ignore, in my opinion. Darts fans will, will want him there. All I'm saying is, is, for me, the only way James Wade gets in is if he wins something. And they and have to put him in. Yeah. But other than that, Agreed. I think it, it, it's almost like the Ian White situation a few years ago. Yeah, but James has had a run. He's got back-to-back major finals. It's not enough. Yeah, Euros, Euros in the Grand Slam. You're all right. I think, i tell you what, though. I, I, I honestly think I, I, I tell you what I'm looking forward to to have a look at. I want to see though if he does make a third final. That would be interesting. Then I don't. I, then I think you are. Then you are finding it difficult to leave him out. I really do. I don't think he's going to. Do you get remember? I, do you know what? Who I, I, I think I, I tell you, who I think has got a real shout of getting picked of the way that he's playing. 
I think the wizard. He's got half a chance. No, do you not? He's done less. Do you not? Do you not less, and the, do you... the Australian market isn't what we think it is. But do you not remember a few years ago when they left James Wade out as world number five? Yeah. I just can't that say that again this year. Oh, I can. There was too much competition that <laughs> year. I just, I just don't think that competition exists with top sixteen players, and that's my issue. When, when they left James out, there was competition for top sixteen players that had all earned themselves a chance. If people are earning themselves a chance this year, they're not in the top sixteen. We're looking further afield. It's going to be your Atiski. It's going to be your Devon players that haven't established themselves yet. I just think that he's so far down the order because of what the Premier League is. Don't get me wrong, we all want to hear the boys back in town, but he, that boy ain't going to be back in town. Simple as plain as that. Right. So let's go through some of the YouTube questions. Or sorry, the YouTube about Premier League. We'll come on to your questions in a minute. A lot of them, MVG, Wright, Price, Aspinall. To be fair, a lot of them are, are kind of agreeing with us. A lot, of, a lot of people watching are all kind of agreeing that I think eight stroke nine are, are all are all kind of the same. I think um, it's an interesting question. I tell you what's. I tell you what's interesting. I've looked through the comments there. People saying there should be should the Premier League have a a, a a Premier League criteria. I don't disagree with them really. That way we know what the criteria is for the Premier League. Um, we know what obviously we know what normally is. To, well, I don't. I don't. You know. I, look, I, would it ever happen? The minute, no. The minute let, you let's do be that, honest, you're it tipping now. it to be a ranking event, and it's just way too heavily skewed for that. No, but. The Criteria, you can't leave people out. Yeah, well, yes. Look, I, I, I think. Look, would we rather see? Would we want to see a potential Premier League um, criteria? Yes, for us, because that way then we know who's going to begin it, rather than just playing a guessing game. However, at the same time, Phil's right. It means that the BDC can't just leave people out that they don't want in it. Look, that's that's neither is maybe. I think it's going to be really, really interesting this year because we obviously have got two new major winners that are going to be in it this year. We also have a, we also have a major winner who's going to well, major in inverted brackets of uh, of Glen of, of Glen with the uh, with the Premier League. You can't be a ranked. It can't be a major if it's not ranked. Hashtag what's a major? Look, it's a big tournament. Don't get me wrong, but it's not a major. Uh, look. As well as that, we've got two players winning ranked events as well in terms of Dimi and Jose on telly. So we know they're going to be in it. They should be in it. I don't see why they won't be. But then if, if Gary does pull out, so for instance, and Smith keeps his top four place, at this moment in time, who on earth is going to pick up that 10th spot? Because that really intrigues me, whether they're going to go with Ratajski, whether they're going to go with Dev, whether they're going to go with Whitlock, whether, you know, there are people there. You never know. We could see someone who just has an absolutely barnstormer of a world that just comes through from nowhere. Remember when Jamie Lewis made the semi-finals and people said she should be straight in the Premier League? Do you remember that? Not happening. No, I agree. Do you remember that? 
If Jackpot Big wins Vincent. the players' championships. No, no, Vin. no, no, no. I want Big Vin. I want Vinny to win it. I want if we're gonna go from that far, I want Vincent van der Voort to win a title because big, I just big want bulldozer Vincent. Once. Please, big, big can we please take him to the cow shed? Can we please take him to the cow shed? Oh my goodness! Um, but yeah, I, I, I still think the Premier League will will be moved. Um, it is the thing. I think the whole calendar will be. Look, there's massive light at the end of the tunnel in terms of fans and everything like that, which is amazing. So I, there's a reason that the 2021 calendar hasn't been released yet. Agreed. Yeah, absolutely spot. And 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 I think that the start of the year will see pro tours and everything like that, and the TV events around May time. Look, the UK Open will still happen in its normal place and everything like that. But as in terms of normality, I I, I genuinely hold out hope that the match play will be almost as normal. Really do. Mate, it better it better be because it'll be, it'll be my birthday as it always is, and we're getting an absolutely you know whated on that Thursday night before, and <laughs> we're gonna have an absolute we're gonna have an absolute party. Right, just just a couple of bits on YouTube here. People are asking about criterion boxes, what we're talking about. Right, when we talk about ticking boxes for the Premier League, guys, it's not just about winning games, right? It's fans' favourite. You walk on, people singing along, dancing along. Right, I'm not saying this should have an effect, but it does. We all agreeing on this? Which is why people yeah, over the years have changed their walk-on songs to get the crowd involved and, and cheering them on and singing all, all the walk-on songs and everything like that. You have to be a big 180 here. They want the 180 cards up in the air, people singing and, and dancing along. You have to be a character. Fan interaction is huge. All, all these things being commercially viable is what the Premier League's about. Do, do we agree with this, guys, or am I going off on one I ear? Don't, I, I, I don't disagree with you. Not at all. I think you're right. Which you're we, spot on. We, which, which, which is why when we say, look, Devin, yes, he hasn't made anything, but he ticks the Premier League boxes. He hits 180s for fun. People love his walk-on. He interacts with the crowd. They'll sing his name. It, it is the thing. Like, everyone talks about like how bad it was for Ted and that when they played Fallon last year, that's nothing. You want to go to Glasgow when someone plays Gary Anderson. That makes Fallon playing Ted look like a library, is the thing. The Premier League is all about bums on seats, the best night out ever, noise, fan interaction, and people just having a damn good night. That's the Premier League. Just a quick one, by the way. We talk about the Premier League and all that sort of stuff. Just a quick one. Uh, Rachel just put in the tweets about uh, in the comments about uh, Popwell potentially for twenty twenty one in Blackpool. Well, that's obviously going to be a yes. thing. We don't know whether it's going to be standard. Rage. We don't know if it's going to be on the. But th- say we don't know if it's going to be the Thursday, but it's certainly going to be either Friday or Saturday night. Absolutely, Thursday. Or, I think we might. Or there's potential Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Saturday. There's potential for Thursday, well, Friday, and Saturday, be- Rach. Thursday, I think we'll have a few drinks back at ours after the uh, after the championships and uh, after the after match play quarterfinals. Friday and Saturday, absolutely, please. Yeah, um, yeah, agreed about the high averages and stuff like that. Yes, that's what that's what it's all about, and that comes from hitting one eighties, where James Wade will hit a big average once in a blue moon. 
he'll go he'll go berserk hit seven one eighties and average hundred and six hundred and seven. That's not James Wade's game, and that's why he gets let down. But that is our Premier League selection, right? It's time. Right, we're going to go through the comments now, and any questions you want answered, we will do our best to answer, ladies and gentlemen. Again, we don't hide anything, we don't jerk anything. So, Jar, feel free to go through them as well. And not, God, not in case we miss them. <laughs> um, go, go through them. A lot of. Uh, a lot of go on, mate. You you go first. Go on. I was say Kryptonite A1, better my sunglasses ready for Mace's shirt. I'll stand the Juno. Chris is gonna have some Bobby Dazzlers there this weekend. Absolutely right. Uh we've got one here, obviously Jacob, who's one of the great interactors that we see. Uh, do you think with them potentially moving the Prem, they will cancel the World Series, make space for it? Um, I mean it's a possibility. Um, I I, I think. Um the World Series Look, I, I don't think they're going to cancel it because this time around they, they want to go to New York and they want to go to back to Australia. But I, I'm going to say if it's, that's the case, they might move the Australian leg of the World Series a little bit earlier. I know you've not. I know you've had conversations with people in Oz, Phil, and they've not been talked about that. But I think that might have that might have to happen. Yeah, no, I, I spoke to some people over there that are in the know. And there's been no conversations as of yet of moving the World Series. Um, so that's all I can say. Uh, Paul, I forgot to answer this earlier. Bradley Brooks to win the World Youth. I think Bradley's got a huge chance Ooh. to win the World Youth. Completely of course, that, that happens this weekend. That happens this weekend in, what's to say, in my head, in Coventry after the two semi finals. It will be Bradley Brooks against Joe Davis for the World Youth title. Huge opportunity for both young men. And for me, I think Bradley's TV experience and pro tour experience will just about get him over the line. Guys, do you agree? Yeah. Yeah, I do. He's, he's had a good cracker. A um, couple of stints on the pro tour. Um, and like I said, his TV experience, I think, will we'll edge him that one. He's got a really nice new shirt for the event as well. We put it on Twitter the other day. Yeah. Speaking of new shirt, yeah, no, new shirts. By the way, can we please appreciate Carol Sedlicek? Please, Carol Sedlicek's new shirt looks absolutely class. <laughs> um, one uh, here, one here for Wendy McDade. Uh, so, with the game upping of all players, you think we'll have another year of having different winners because it's been great. Um, look, I, I don't want to make any predictions about twenty twenty one Manita because let's be honest about it: who bloody knows what's going to happen. I think, though, that this could be the year, next year could be the year where we see the top three start to sort of a Federer-Murray-Djokovic dynasty. MVG, Wright and Price are just miles ahead of the field for me still. You have to play very well to beat them most of the time. So I, I, with the crowds back, I think we're going to see MVG, Wright and Price take their game to the next level. And it will be shared among those three, but we just don't know which three is going to do it. Um, that's all like off the back of that kryptonite a1 sort of the same thing do you think current conditions are contributing to seeing winners like Dimitri Vandenberg Jose de Souza um yeah no look I'm not saying they can't James win without Wade crowds he believes that <laughs> he does if you haven't checked out the interview it is on online darts tv um yeah look 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 I'm not I'm not saying that these players wouldn't have won without a crowd 
However, I think it was it's easier for them to win without a crowd. And they're all they're all amazing players. I'm not I'm not saying they're not, but when you've got people cheering, booing, it has a massive effect. Um, take the match play final yeah. for example. If there is a crowd at the Winter Gardens, they are singing "Oh Gary Gary" from half past six to ten o'clock at night, and they get Gary over the line. In my opinion, and yeah, so, and also as well. I also, I also that, don't think that. that they allow his opponent to take his, his time the way that he did. Yeah, so yeah, Kryptonite. I, I do think that it's helping. But they're all, they're they're all still really good players. Like Jose can play with the crowd. I've got no doubt about that whatsoever. Also, as well, by the way, can we just say that Gary Anderson chants will be happening in the Winter Gardens from the, from when people walk into the building to when they're outside the building to then inside a pop world next door. That's just how it works. But which, but which <laughs> is ironic because he hates the place. He does absolutely hate the Winter Gardens. Really does. Uh, Dan Vernon is just in piping the World Championship qualifier. As far as I'm aware, yes, he will be. Um, big moment for Justin, obviously. Um, so that's that's uh, that one there. Uh, Dazza said, "Do you think they will have set play in the Masters and the Players Championship ITV event?" So absolutely not. No. No. Um, I, I agreed. Um, Dennis, the heat ovens for a wild card. <laughs> Actually, Please. I'm surprised no the one's used the heat in walk on song too. It's a good, good walk on song. I'll give you that. Um, do you think there will be crowds yeah. at Ali Pali from Owen? Look, I severely hope so, mate. And if anyone can, Barry and Matt will get people in there if it's physically possible, even if Barry's at a fire exit smuggling them through the back door. Bojo walking in. Nothing to see here. <laughs> yeah, nothing to see um, here. Whitlock or Pizza um, for the last spot in the Premier League says, Rach, uh, who would they pick? Uh, that's a very big question. I would probably say Big Dev because I think it takes a little bit more boxes. Um, yeah, I think so. This I think is a, Dev will probably would get through over them too. This is a good one. Um, I miss the rivalries. Um, yeah, I, I agree. that. I, and again, I think the, the conditions don't play for rivalries either because you get fans that have got their favourites as well. So it's a bit like home and away fans at football as well. So look, I think once we're back to normal, I think we'll see these rivalries develop again. I hope so. Um, any news on Cabby returning? I spoke to him not so long ago. Um, he still plans to come for Q school, but obviously there's no Q school dates and it's a little bit tricky getting out of Australia at the moment. Um, they're hoping that that's going to be relaxed in Jan the beginning of January because there's talk of the you, um, the Australian Open tennis being moved by a week or 10 days, if I believe. Yeah, they are, yeah. Um, because of this. But no, as far as Corey, it still plans to come back in January for Q School, mate. Uh, Joe, who would you have picked to have a surprise run at the world? So, good question. Um... Surprise if I say no, one. it won't be a surprise. Yes, good point. Oh, and we don't know bar, the draw yet. You bar humbug. <laughs> uh, yeah, as well. Sorry, Mervyn King. Are you it sure? Would be a surprise. Callum. Callum Ritz. Not surprised. 
do you know what? Sod it. King Barry. Why not? Why not? Like that. Like that, Mike. Does anyone know how many come through the PDAPA qualifier? Uh, no is the honest answer, mate. Um, and I don't think they do yet either. We haven't been told anything. Um, no, there's, there's been no information. I think we're um, waiting on the remaining qualifiers, aren't we? Japan qualifier um, got underway this morning, I believe. Um, the Chinese one ran last week. We're still waiting on the other two from Asia, which is Philippines and Singapore, maybe? I think so. Yeah. Something like that, yeah. Um, so, yes. about the news about... about the, Speaking of qualifiers, though, did you hear the news obviously this week on RTL about the B word? I don't you think he said he can't get into the worlds, can he? Does he not go? Can he not go to the qualifier? I don't no. think there's going well, to be a qualifier it. as far as he said on TV. I don't think, I think there's going to be there's a no qualifier. Be no... So, uh, because uh, of everything that's gone on. a surprise run for the B word? No. Um, from Daz, is Matt Edgar in our. Matt Edgar in the World Championship qualifiers. I would imagine so. I believe he said on his YouTube channel that he will be attending the World Championship qualifiers because he needs to to save his tour card. Um, so, yes, uh-huh. prime time will be there. I think, um, to be fair, BB, I, I think this is it. I think we've got to wrap it up because we've been on now for two hours and uh, we've probably bored people really? to tears at this moment. Of Christ, time. yes. We've been on it for two hours. To, to, to be fair, oh, I didn't my. even look at the clock. No, I didn't even look at the <laughs> clock in in fairness. <laughs> um, no. Yeah, two hours. Well, I didn't realise that. Everyone that has joined us for these two hours, thank you very, very much. Time flies when you really are having it, fun. It's been absolutely amazing. The Live Lounge will be back. When do we say? I think we're going to go Monday, aren't Monday? we? Monday? the planner. <laughs> yeah, um, Live Lounge will be yeah, back. I think- Live Lounge will be back mo- Monday as normal because we can get a little bit of normality um, back now. Again, the so, big question, the big question no, Martin Thompson, people, time does that- not fly when we chat about him. A <laughs> uh, big question that we want from socials, which we'll put out on socials, Do uh, and you can probably do this in the YouTube comments quickly while we wrap this up. Do we want a, uh, a separate show about the reaction to the World Championship draw? Or do we want a, a full two and a half, two, three hour preview of the World Championships Monday, the 6th of, you know, maybe a bit later on next week, maybe the 8th of December, something like that on a Wednesday night. Where we can get a load of people involved. Let us know. Um, and uh, let us know and see what you think because we could get obviously get, get the initial reaction, but then we'll have a full preview, obviously, of the world, probably Wednesday, Thursday. Uh, we commencing the, the 6th of December, so we're about the 8th or 9th of December. We'll probably get a uh, a, a live lounge on there um, for, for everybody. Uh, happy birthday, by the way, Kieran, for Tuesday. So I presume that's tomorrow, uh, next week. So, yes, we will wish you happy birthday, obviously, again next week. Happy birthday for then as well, pal. So, yes, that is the live lounge here for Wednesday, the 25th of November. Like I said, thank you very much from us all if you haven't yet please subscribe to our youtube channel online darts tv subscribe turn notifications on facebook twitter instagram we are on every platform and these guys don't know it yet but i'll drop you all a little hint now there may be an online darts tiktok coming we'll keep you posted on that but anyway gentlemen it's been an absolute pleasure (laughs) it's been an absolute pleasure I've been Phil Bars, and of course, Jack Jobby Guy with Jolly Feet. Gentlemen, thank you very much for your time as always. We will see you Monday 
for the live lounge. But of course, we will be back for the Players' Championship Friday, 12 o'clock. We'll see you all there. 